Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am your host, Caroline Chang. Awake to Oneness Radio mission is to inspire the world to awake to the universal truth of oneness. Spirituality and science are telling us we are literally all connected. We are literally all one. Um. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to yourself. And once mankind remembers the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's topic is consciousness, conscious evolution. I'm sorry. Today's topic is conscious evolution with renowned futurist and author Barbara Mark Hubbard. Barbara is a pioneer in the field of conscious evolution. She is a visionary and an author of seven books, and including the revised edition of Conscious Evolution, just published this past February. I am so honored to have Barbara as our guest today. Um, I let's see. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Technical difficulty. Hold on. Welcome, Barbara, to the show. Oh, uh, microphone. Okay, here we go. Hi. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, so I'm so honored to have you, Barbara. Uh, I uh, just am very honored that you are our guest today. For the few listeners out there who are not familiar with your work and um, with you, can you please share your story with our listeners? My whole story? Wow. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, okay. Tell my story well, to my listeners. No, well, I'm uh, um, I am a evolutionary futurist, you might say. I was born in 1929, and I woke up when the United States dropped the bombs on Japan, and I woke up with a question, and the question was, what is the meaning of all our new power that's good? science, technology, and, of course, now nanotech, biotech, quantum computing. And and I thought, you know, we could destroy ourselves with the misuse of this power, but maybe there's some, maybe there's some good in it. So I started to look around, talk to people, and I found that actually nobody knew. The church didn't know. I went to Bryn Mawr College. They didn't even have any idea of the next stage of human civilization, and I met President Eisenhower, and I asked him, and he didn't know. So then I thought, well, maybe I better find out. And I began a search. It became a life purpose. The search was to find where this power, which really is the power of God. You know, we can blow up worlds, we can create worlds, we can create new bodies, we can travel with the speed of light. All of the things that were miracles in the past, we're doing. So to make a very long story short, I discovered 
that we are part of an evolutionary story. For billions and billions of years, nature has been building ever more complex systems, from single cell to animal to human, and that we had just now, when you study evolution, you find that crisis precedes transformation. Problems are evolutionary drivers. So I began to look at the crisis not only of the atomic bomb, but later all the course of the environmental crisis and the social and financial crises that people are in, I began to look at it as evolutionary drivers towards the next stage of evolution. And very briefly, I was able to discover that the next stage of evolution is called conscious evolution. Billions of species have been extinct before we got here. But we now are making ourselves and many other species, many species already are getting extinct, the sixth mass extinction. We're causing it. So if we can cause extinction, we can also cause evolution. And we're affecting evolution by everything we do. So I became a conscious evolutionary. I actually invented a worldview, although it had been mentioned by people like Julian Huxley and a few others I don't think anybody had championed the worldview of conscious evolution like I did. And that was way many years ago, before it was obvious. And now, in my new book, Conscious Evolution, Awakening the Power of Our Social Potential, I am literally beginning to be well known for this worldview because it does describe the reality of evolution by choice, not chance. That's my story. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I did just recently find out in, um, that you also uh, ran for uh, vice president in I 1984. Did. I did. Your, your, your uh, campaign uh, slogan at the time was, they have a war room in the White House. So you were like, why can't they have a peace room in the White House? I just, I yeah. thought that was very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I had a, a and very I did good listen idea. To, yes, I did well, listen well, to that, the speech that you gave yes. um, uh-huh. to the Democratic Convention um, in, in 1984. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners were, were not aware of that. Uh, aspect of your of your development in your uh, life probably not no but <laughs> the uh, peace room was uh, a very brilliant idea it in a war room they track every enemy and how to defeat them well in a peace room what i suggested is we scan for a map and connect and communicate what's working what's creative what's new and that was so popular that the over 200 delegates at the Democratic National Convention placed my name in nomination for vice president. It was, a, it was an amazing experience. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's why you, you're such an inspiration um, that you're still, you know, you started I'm still here. doing all of this work <laughs> and many, many years ago, probably before I was even born. But it's, it's so amazing How old are you? that you're I'm How old 53. Are you? I, I oh, you're 53, and I'm 85. So what what right. year were you born? 62, January 62. Yeah, see, I was born 29. That's really true. Yes. I yes. was here a long time my, before you. My mom's <laughs> generation. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. But you're still going so, you know, you're going strong. And, and I just find that so amazing um, I, that, you know, you're still doing this work. I, I purchased for Mother's Day in, 19, um, in 2010, I purchased a jet ski. And my aunt said to me, you're 50 years old. Why are you buying a jet ski? I said, ah, first of all, I'm 48. <laughs> okay, I'm not 50. And I plan to be riding my jet ski at 88. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. Well, you see, it's very possible. Yes. 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 So you're such an inspiration to everyone, you know, of all ages that, um, you know, when you follow your inspiration, you know, life is, you know, life just goes on. It's no need, you know, you don't have to just rest. <laughs> you can just keep living your life for as long as you have life. So, yes, uh, I mean, you don't need to rest in, unless you're sick. I mean, of course, exactly. I need need rest like everybody else, but the fact is that having a life purpose and giving your life to it is regenerative. You you actually gain more energy by life purpose. Exactly. That mm-hmm. is so true. That's actually kind of how I feel with this radio show. I, you know, I just got the inspiration to do this show January, this past January, and I was woke up in the middle of the night and. My spirit just said, just do it. Like it was saying, don't make up excuses, just do it. <laughs> That's and, the spirit. Yes. Yeah. A and, lot of people say and, to me, well, well, how can you? How can an average person do this? Well, I said, I was an average person. All you have to do is just exactly what you said. Get an idea, take step after step after step until you find out how to do it. There's no excuse, actually, for anybody. Yes. No yes, excuse. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Our mind, our mind will come up with excuses. Yeah, our mind will say, "Oh, we don't have the resources, or you don't know how to do that, you don't have enough money." So your mind can, you know, it, spirit comes from. I I feel it within the heart area, and and yeah. um, I you know that tell, and then spirit will tell you, but you won't know where to go with it except make that first step, follow that right. inspiration. And that's then right. you don't know where that's going to actually lead you. But and a lot of people get afraid to take that first step if they don't know where it's going to lead. Now, this is true. Yes. So um, I think a lot of, you know, we all have that spirit inside of us, that divine light, you know, kind of guiding us, nudging us in a certain direction. But a lot of times we're afraid to take that first step. I love what the, uh, the Tao says, um, uh, a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. That's so, true. Yes. So when you're following spirit, sometimes you have to kind of not let your mind step in and, you know, put all these doubts. That's what I yes. think our, our our human side will do. Our, our humanness will, our limited human view uh, will put doubts, roadblocks, set up roadblocks, and it's just a matter of following spirit. I And like you said, I do. I feel younger. <laughs> Ever since I have started to follow my spirit <laughs> and guidance, I feel younger. Well, that's so. the way to do You know, and I don't want to feel younger. I feel newer mm-hmm. because 
know, when you do, I would not want to be younger, meaning I'd have to go through everything that I've already learned. I like to be emerging or newer mm-hmm. or ev- evolving than younger, you know, because actually life has a lot to teach us. And the older you get, the more you know. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of aging as emerging, as a newer and newer being that knows more, can do more, can create more, as long as you're not sick, that is really true. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way I feel at 85, particularly since almost everything that I imagined is happening. So I am also encouraged and reinforced by my own intuition to find that it was truthful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is true. Um, I guess when I say feel younger, you're absolutely right. I I love being 53, and all that I've lived through has gotten me to this point. And, um, but I feel more energized. That's more, I think that's the word I'm looking for. I yes. feel yes. M- more alive and more energized since I've been following my, my soul gu- guidance more than in there the There you past. are. That's it. Yes. That's, yes. Yes. So my question I like to ask you is how can we awaken the power of social potential inside <laughs> all of us? <laughs> well, <clears throat> the first thing, it, it, this idea came to me from studying Abraham Maslow, and he studied human wellness. And he spoke of the self-actualizing person. This is a person who is able to fulfill their potential. And so I thought, how can we develop a self-actualizing society? And I realized the way you do it by identifying what's working in society. Where is new forms of health working? Where are new forms of communication working, like this radio show? Where is our new energies? And you start looking around, you'll say, you'll see so much is emerging. So much is happening. So um, I began to say, let's consciously awaken our social potential through our human potential. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, can you give some examples of that? Just um, Yes. I mean, there's some obvious ones, like in the mm-hmm. whole health field. <clears throat> there's a tremendous amount being learned about diet, about exercise, about weight, about personal responsibility for your health, about various kinds of supplements that can make you... I mean, I, I have been told by people who study this that there's really no reason, if you understand diet and supplements and exercise, for you not to live healthy till 100. Uh-huh. Uh, so these things are, are happening in health, along with really major research in <clears throat> in cancer and beginning to understand Alzheimer's. You know, we're right at the threshold of breaking through into uh, longevity. Mm-hmm. And then if you look in the energy field, there's clean energy. It's it's really possible to have solar energy to run the world this way. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to look at, let's say, spirituality, we're moving from more traditional types of religion to a much deeper personal spirituality, my own kind I would call evolutionary spirituality. 
So all of these things are already happening. That's mm-hmm. that's really true. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. We definitely, there is definitely um, a, a conscious evolution going on. Um, things are, and it's happening quite rapidly, very fast, I believe. Um, a lot of um, the knowledge I've gained just over the last five years just through uh, the internet. <laughs> wow, the internet is is so amazing. The way yeah. it connects the world, um, and it like this radio show. Uh, th- this radio sh- show could not happen without the internet. Um, oh. So it it's it's just amazing, and that uh, this show can actually reach everyone in the world with a computer. <laughs> And the great thing is they don't have to listen to the show live. They can listen to it anytime. And so it's it is just it's amazing. It truly is the that the the evolution of mankind. And I think um day by day, uh, people are awakening and remembering who they are because I, that's kind of my belief is that we truly know but we we've we're sleepwalking. You know, I believe most of the world is is sleepwalking, and don't, they don't remember who they are or why they came. But I believe that that's why I named the show "Awakening," <laughs> "Awake to Oneness." So, um, not that uh, I believe the only thing I can do as another human being is inspire. I don't know, right. believe I can really teach another that uh, all the knowledge is within already. And what I can do is inspire it the way uh, Lynn McTaggart inspired me to awaken to oneness when I, I watched uh, What the Bleep in 2007. And the, 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 the odd thing for me, it was just that one concept, understanding mm-hmm. oneness, that made everything made sense to me after mm-hmm. I understood oneness. You know? And I know it's different for everybody. So everybody yeah. has a different evolution process. Everybody, it's going to happen differently for everybody. But I know for me that was the key, and so uh-huh. I'm trying, that's why I'm I'm trying to share that. But uh, you were saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that that's exactly right. I think the thing to realize is that the planet Earth has grown a new nervous system in the last ten years with mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, and over 7 billion cell phones and Google. This whole new capacity that I think is vital for us to connect, to co-create quickly enough to make the difference. That's really would be my goal in life. Mm -hmm. True, true, true. Yes. And just connecting with all the... the, I tried to... I'm trying with the show to connect with all those that has inspired me, like you and Lynn McTaggart and all the guests, all my guests, have inspired me. And so I want to connect with them to share that connection with the world. And yeah. um, I, I just think that's uh, so, so awesome that the Internet has really made us a global community. You know, yeah. we're not... We're not separate little nations anymore. We're right. really a global, <laughs> global community, and yeah. uh, the the internet has truly opened up the world. 
Um, mm-hmm. I also like to invite any of our listeners. I, we are a new show and that not, don't have too many live listeners, but I wanted to invite live listeners to um, give a call. Call in to 347-857-1083. If you have a question for Barbara, um, we wel- welcome any questions. Um, and any and anyone who also would like to share their story or share their vision of conscious evolution and awakening in in the 21st century that we're living in. So, can you tell us a little bit more about the new uh, revived edition of Conscious Evolution? Um, well, is just I've added new project in there and new uh, possibilities for people connecting with each other. I have uh, written some really marvelous invitations for every reader to practice how to become capable of conscious evolution, much more so than I did in the past. And I've told Mm -hmm. about the evolutionary woman and the evolutionary man as as new humans that are emerging on Earth right now through millions of us. Mm -hmm. You are an evolutionary woman. You clearly are one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to, you know, inspire just from my inspiration that I was inspired. So now what I can do is try to help to inspire others. Um, So can you give an example from the book of um, how, just like one example of how it uh, explains or gives an example of how a person can tap in to that? Well, the the example I use is if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling as though things aren't working in your life, that is a signal of something more that wants to emerge. So instead of saying what's wrong with me and medicating it or taking substances or giving up, you actually start looking around for what's working in your life or what excites you, just like you did with doing this show. And in order to affirm that, you have to start expressing what's attracting you to find two or more people that are equally attracted, and you start to form a resonant core. And that resonant mm-hmm. core, you get so much amplified in your own creativity that it's, that it's really amazing. Mm, okay. So I, I give people a chance to learn how to become conscious evolutions themselves in this book. Oh, wow. Very good, very good. Um, I know um, one of the things that always helps me is meditation, Um, just getting quiet and trying to quiet my mind and listen to what my my soul, my higher self, is is trying to communicate uh, through all the the chatter in the mind and how the mind, like I, I alluded it, it before how the mind will look for the negative like you said focus on what's working i know we all have you know problems and issues in our lives um but if we focus on okay what's working what do we feel passionate about what makes us smile focus on those things and just and take little baby steps toward in those directions um i do find it difficult because in the past um, I want to say three or four years, I personally had decided my conversations with everybody 
is going to be positive. Okay, uh, we're gonna, what, you know, no more talking about what's not working or, you know, what's wrong. Let's talk about what's right in our lives. And I, mm-hmm. I find it difficult to have those conversations with people. Um, and I've, I've said to people, you know, I, I let, you know, I'll listen. I'm very sympathetic. I'm very compassionate. I'll listen to, to a point, but then I'll try to flip the script at someone's telling me a lot about what's not working in their life. I'll try mm-hmm. to flip the script towards, you know, let's now let's kind of flip the script or let's kind of focus on, okay, how can we fix this? Now let's, let's try to focus on a solution or focus on something positive. And I fo- it's sometimes really hard to turn people to flip that, uh, flip that switch with people. I think we're, the, you, mankind as a whole is so conditioned to focus on the negative. Matter of fact, I just had this conversation a few hours ago with one of my neighbors. I stopped watching news after mm-hmm. 9/11. I have not oh, watched really? news since, Yes. I have not uh-huh. watched news since September 2001. I have not watched news because um, they were starting to tell me something that was in the news. And I was like, I'm sorry, I I have no idea what you're talking about because I don't watch news. And I don't watch it because it's too full. There, my belief, there is just as many good things happening in the world as negative. But the news amplifies the negative. And it does it late at night before you're going to bed. So you're going to bed with all this, you know, worry on your mind. Um, I do, I, I, news comes to me, I'm on the computer all the time. Any news that I need to know? It comes to me, but I do not watch the news for that one, you know, main reason. I want to focus on the positive. And our news media and media in general tends to focus on the negative. And, and it, it has the world truly conditioned that when I try to have conversations with people, no matter who it is, I try to have a conversation, they focus on the negative, and it's really hard to flip them the other way. Okay, now mm-hmm. let okay. Now you now we've just talked two hours about what's wrong. Now let's talk about what's right. And it's really hard <laughs> to you know to flip that script. But that's basically what you're saying too. When a person is um, you know uh, coming across any kind of difficulty, a problem in their life, to focus their attention to what's working. Focus on what's worth. Focus on what you're you're thankful for, because um, we are truly all blessed, and every moment there is a blessing. Uh, one of the things I started keeping about three or four years ago um, is an appreciation journal. So first thing in the morning, I get up, I pick up my appreciation journal, and I write down all the things I'm thankful for. I just because that yeah that helps me stay focused on the things I'm thankful for throughout the day. So mm-hmm. that's just something, you know, that that works for me. But as far as, you know, I tell people, find something that works for you as that will keep you more focused on the positive, keep you mm-hmm. more focused on what's working and, in your life, and follow those passions, whatever, you know, really excites you. Follow your bliss. Follow your passion. Because uh, I also do believe that this this reality is an illusion of our own creation, and what it it's a mirror of what 
going on inside of us. So um, we kind of have to own it. <laughs> Basically, what we're what situations we are living through, are dealing with, we kind of have to own that we created them in yeah. some way. Yeah. You know? And okay, we created this, so okay, now I have to deal with it. Not saying close your eyes to the problem or the situation. Don't do that. I'm saying focus on us now, okay, this is it is what it is, okay? Now let's deal with it from a positive aspect. And mm-hmm. you know, so I just I I do find it difficult just because I think it's just the programming of society, the media, just what the world tends to focus more on. But um, well, I don't agree with you completely. I think that the me- that the news media, uh, one of the ways of seeing it, it, it's like the nervous system of a newborn baby. It mm-hmm. gives, tells you uh, what doesn't work. You cry, you scream, and then it puts you to sleep. So it's a, it's an infantile nervous system that is noticing what's breaking down, what's not working. But now we have on Internet, I would say, a more maturing nervous system that is noticing, like you are, what's emerging. And I think it's important to know what's breaking down because it's a stimulus to what you need to do to break through. So I I watch the news every night, and I know what's not working. And then I, I think, what could we do that would deal with that situation like let's say you may not realize but there's a big uprising in baltimore over this young man freddie gray dying i think and that's what my neighbors were trying to tell me <laughs> just a few hours and ago and i had no idea what they were talking about okay you should and i then understand in, in philadelphia ahead. the uprisings and then they began to come in new york now there's a great deal of um realization that black men particularly are imprisoned far more numbers than than the white they are incarcerated incarcerated for longer periods they don't are not able to get a job in some of these larger cities so hillary clinton just made a speech which i thought was very good but recognizing inequality so then and also a police brutality where there was no uh, where the po- police could get away with mistreating black people because there was no one supporting them. So the mm-hmm. whole movement of this protest and this breakdown in Baltimore is probably going to change the way the police officers work, the way the justice system is responsible, and the way communities are more inclusive of people who are left out. And so the protest actually is important, and it's mm-hmm. important that people do it. Now, they're saying, you, you know, you should not protest and you should listen to the curfew, and I well understand why there hasn't been a lot of trust in the legal system for, let's say, the young black men, because mm-hmm. there's a prejudice there. So then right. the prejudice needs to be brought out in the open and seen. Now, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you have to condemn everybody who's prejudiced, but you have to reveal it and you have to right. change it. And and mm-hmm. so I think it's important that we see that, that 
I, we also see, for example, where democracy is not working. Okay. Liberal mm-hmm. democracy controlled by large corporate money, uh, which is oppositional, is not working. So then you begin to say, how can we self-organize and self-govern in a way that is working? And that's what I've been doing, like when I ran for vice president, was finding right. out what connecting what's working. It was because I loved democracy that that I did that, and I had to know what wasn't right. working in order to you know, move towards what is. I, I I do agree. I agree with you 100%. I think it's the, I do agree with you, and I'm now definitely going to go online and find out what's going on in Baltimore. Because you're the you better do person. that, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Like I said, I do, news does come to me. It's not, I'm not totally uh, <laughs> oblivious as to what's going on in the news. Uh, news does come to me. Matter of fact, I live in the Poconos, and, and this past fall we were actually national news of a, because of a sniper um, that killed uh, some state troopers, and we at little Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania actually made national news. So I knew all about, and and our schools in this area were closed down because of it. So I do news does always manage news that I feel. I guess I always say news that I really need to know is going to get to me. So this story on Baltimore, I must look into it because you're the second person today that told me mentioned to me about what's going on in Baltimore. So I just I just don't watch it you know myself but it does I do the news does come to me. I do get news and I'm on I'm on the computer all the time so I see headlines all the time and sometimes a headline might pop pop up that intrigues me and I'll go follow that story. You know, so yes, that's, yes. that's the wonderful thing about the internet. You don't have to watch the news to actually get the news. I mean, you, uh, you, yeah, you know, <laughs> you don't have to watch it on television. You don't have to watch it on television to get the news. Actually, you get more of it on the internet because you can go to yes. all the news networks and 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 see what they're all saying at the same time. Um, but I definitely, um, so I, I do agree that you do need to know what the problem is to fix it. Yes, I do agree with that. Um, I just think I, 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 just from my conversations with people, a lot of times people get stuck in the, okay, what's not working? They get stuck there instead of, yes. okay, this isn't working. Now let's, Move on. Let's go. Okay, this isn't working, so let's try something else to fix this. You know, so that's the uh, only you know kind the kind of point I was trying to make. Just that yeah. it's difficult, you know, to get people to flip that script. You know, okay, we don't like this. This isn't working. Okay, now we need to try something different. You know. Yeah, that's so I, that's, that's, that's totally. Exactly. So we we still are in agreement, but I, I I don't think anybody can get me to watch news nowadays. I do follow it if I you know if something's interesting enough to look into on online, but I don't know. There's something about watching news that it well, it brings down right, my but... energy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, I I'm not really. Um... I'm not really uh, saying you have to watch the news, but I just think you should know what's happening. Oh, yes. Yes, and I do agree. I do agree to that. 
And because of the wonderful Internet, I, I'm i never in the dark. <laughs> so that is, <laughs> that is so great. So great. So um, it, can you um, let our, our listeners know uh, anything that is coming up uh, in the near future with you, uh, any speaking engagements? Um, well, let's see. I'm going to be in Madison. Um, I'm going to Madison, uh, Wisconsin on the 6th to be at an international forum on consciousness. If anyone mm-hmm. is anywhere near Madison, Wisconsin... And okay. then I'm going to be in Virginia on the 28th of of May on Building a New World. So you could look up Building a New World and International Forum on Consciousness and also look at my website, barbaramarkshubbard.com, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to find out a lot. Okay. About, mm-hmm. I know what I wanted to ask you. About the, um, is it the 12... Um, it's a the the wheel of co-creation. Yes, yes. The the wheel of co-creation. If you if you visualize a spiral of evolutions, like the origin of the universe, a turn on the spiral, the origin of matter, um, origin of life, the origin of animal life, of human life. See it as each one of those is a turn on the spiral. Now draw a big turn on the spiral and put a wheel in it. And at the, mm-hmm. in the wheel, you have health, education, economics, all spokes of the wheel. And at the center of the wheel, you have a space for spiritual um, communion and revela- revelation as you resonate with the deeper patterns that are evolving in you and in the world. And so the wheel of co-creation is in order to see our system as a whole system. You see, right now we're all in special silos. There's education, there's religion, there's government. And it's very hard for any of those sectors to cooperate. And yet what's needed in the world is co-creation. But we're structured for separation. So the wheel is a structure of co-creation and cooperation. And even more than that, synergy, which is when I have a goal... I have needs, and somebody else has a resource to meet my need. So instead of voting to win or lose, we're voting to co-create, and you get a whole different lifestyle and a whole different pattern of life out of that, and it's a lot better. Yes, yes. That that kind of reminds me of the whole um, Darwin where he said the um, mighty and the fight, in their, and science has proven that that was not in nature. He observed it in nature, I think with the ants or something, and he thought that it was all, you know, might is right and the the strongest survive, and there wasn't cooperation in nature from, from Darwin's point of view at that time. But science has disproven that many, many years ago, that it's in nature you find cooperation. You know, cool. there is so much cooperation in nature. Ultimately, uh, only the cooperatives survive. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Norris t- describes if it, when a species is young, and don't forget humans are young as a species mm-hmm. compared to whales, for example. So when a species is young, it tends to overpopulate, pollute, and compete among itself. 
And at some point, it's going to destroy itself, and it learns to cooperate with its own environment with each other and other species, or it's extinct. Now, billions of species are extinct. We are a species who has been young, so we've overpopulated, we've polluted, we've comp- uh, we compete, and we conflict. If we continue even one more generation doing that, we will really lose our life support system and devolve. So the pressure on us is to learn to cooperate in a new way, to survive. So it's not just idealistic, it's actually survival. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. what we're That's yeah. what I'm finding, and that's what, when I say that we should co-create to survive, um, that's really true. And what's happening in the wheel of co-creation, for example, there's a big event going on in Monterey, Mexico. To It's called um, Compassionate Cities Movement. And we're bringing the wheel of co-creation alive there to create a global culture, a global compassionate culture by connecting the various sectors and brilliance of people to make a greater whole. So we're actually experimenting with these things to help make them happen. It's not just, it's not just a theory. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that's also the mission of Awake to Oneness. I say we literally are connected. Science has proven this, that we are literally connected. It's not just a, a sound good, you know, fairy type of feeling, you know, oh, I feel in love with somebody. It's, a, it's, it's physical. We are physically yeah. connected. And that's the the point of Awake to Oneness Radio is to to awaken to people to the the truth of the fact that we are literally connected, and what the harm you do to another person, you're really doing to yourself. And um, so that's a, I think it's a, a big part of of the conscious evolution that mankind is approaching. And I do believe I do believe mankind will get there. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm very yes. optimistic. <laughs> it will either get there or we'll, we will self-destruct. Right. And I like yeah. to use the word wholeness along with oneness. You know, oneness uh-huh. is at the spiritual level, or it's true, the planet is one planet. But, in, uh-huh. but a lot of competition within human society. And what I'm doing and many, many people are doing with me and with each other is looking for social wholeness. So the wheel of creation is a symbol of how to connect the separate parts of our society. It could be at a local community, regional or global. And if Mm -hmm. you were doing it, you could do it like a town meeting in the round. You could have on Saturday afternoon, you could just have on the lawn, uh, people interested in health, people interested in energy, people interested in environment, and they come and state what they want to create, what they need, what resources they have to share, and before you know it, they're beginning to actually co-create because they need each other. And right. uh, that's what I think has to happen. Yes. I'm in a hundred percent agreement with that. Also, I like their the terminology, like you said, wholeness and oneness. But also, scientists like to use the the terminology non-duality. Um, yeah, which means the yeah. same. Yeah, which means the same thing. <laughs> oneness, wholeness. Yes, it's uh, so. Um, 
So yeah, but the basically it it's so true that mankind as a whole um does need to come together as a whole in cooperation in all aspects of life for life to survive on this planet. That is it's, it's definitely so true. Yes. So absolutely. True. That's yeah. that's so right. Well, you are definitely on the right track. What is your name? Mm-hmm. Oh, Caroline. Caroline, <laughs> That's my yeah. Bar- Barbara, yeah. it's funny. I, I, I just have to let the listeners know that um, <laughs> Barbara, I've been in contact with Barbara's assistant, Kim, via email, yeah. and this is actually the first time I'm I'm in communication with Barbara. But Caroline, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I yes, so, yes. Know Kim is Kim is wonderful. <laughs> you have a wonderful assistant. She's, yeah, she's, she's great. great. Yes, he is so good. Um, yes, Caroline Chang is not my name. Um, and I I just What's that contacted name? Chang. 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 C-H-A-N-G. C-H-A-N-G. I always have to spell it for people because they think I'm saying king, but it's oh. Chang. I have a Chinese. Are you Chinese? Chinese? Are you Chinese no. Back? No, uh, no? I, my, ex, my ex-husband. <laughs> my ex-husband. Oh, I see. Yes, he was. I was married. Yes, he was. He was uh, half Chinese. He was I Chinese. See. Okay. Ja- Chinese Jamaican. Was my oh, ex-husband. very nice. Okay. And and I kept the name. I kept the name. I only. I got married at seventeen, <laughs> and I was only oh. married for for eight years. Uh, mm-hmm. But I kept the name because I had two children, and I didn't want my last name to be different than my children's last name. So that's I, why I kept the name name Chang. That makes yeah. a lot of. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I just had to explain to the uh, audience, to the listening audience, that yeah, I I've been communicating with Kim, but I was so honored when Kim emailed me and said, "Yeah, Barbara will be your your guest." I'm like, ah! I was, I was doing a happy dance. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Yes. I'm so 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 honored. I'm so honored. As a matter of fact, let this be a good opportunity to also let the audience know. Um, coming up next week, next Friday, um, our guest will be Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. Um, oh, yes. He is. Yes, I know you're familiar with Michael, uh, Barbara. Um, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. Beckwith of Agape International Spiritual Center in California. He will be our guest next Friday on the 8th. And on um, May 15th, Friday, May 15th, our guest will be Howard Martin. He is the co-founder of HeartMath Institute. So we, yeah. um, uh, one of the things that this show would like to do is the goals. One of the goals of this show is to bridge the gap, because uh, really there is no gap, um, to bridge spirituality and science. Um, quantum physics is telling us the same thing that ancient spiritual teachings are telling us. And this, you know, is something that I want uh, to share with my audience is that it's not just, I'm not talking something just spiritual. It is physical, because science is, is proving Proving this, and um, we were we actually mentioned heart math um, last week on the show. How the heart heart math has proven how strong 
of the magnetic field around the heart is compared to the brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like when I was saying um, when you get an inspiration, and like I said, I do feel it from my heart center when I mm-hmm. get an inspiration. And um, sometimes that brain of yours, because uh, it's limited, your your human consciousness is so limited to what is actually out there. Um and it only looks at what it can see. And mm-hmm. so when you, your heart inspires you, when your soul inspires you to do something, and you can't see where that inspiration is leading, your mind will come up with excuses <laughs> of not, you know, okay. You know, so it would be great. It would be wonderful um, on the 15th when Howard Martin is our guest to tell us all the great work that, the Heart Math Institute has been doing. Um, yes, I love math. That's wonderful. Yes, yes. Yes. So it's, uh, it's so, you know, it's, so I'm just, I'm so honored with every one of my guests. That, um, I'm, You're I'm doing so a wonderful very, very, You're taking initiative. This is really great. Uh, so I congratulate you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I keep telling everybody, I'm honestly, I'm just following my heart center. I'm following my spirit guide wherever it leads me. And I just, I've learned so much um, in the past five years that I just want to share, you know, what I've learned. And the best way for me to share it is by bringing on the people that, I it were was inspired by like you and all these other great guests that are coming on to the show. You've done uh, a great am, Thank you. Are you are you there? Um I'm kinda of, you're kinda of breaking up. I just um wanna make sure uh is your are your phone is your phone connection okay? Oh there, there, is that better? That's better, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, there there you are. Okay, wonderful. I am so, so, so honored that you, you're here with us. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell, I know you, you, do you do some work with Neil Donald Walsh as well? Yes, um, I do. I mean, he wrote a wonderful biography of me called The Mother of Invention. Mm. Um, and he did it because he, really agrees with me that we're going towards some tremendous breakthrough. And this book imagines from the future what it would be like if we actually had a planetary birth experience where everybody on Earth was invited to say what they're doing, what they want to do, what they want to create, what's working, and we would have a planetary uprising of wellness. So he wrote the book from the future as though that's happening. And then we backed up through my life. We went backwards. And his main point is that everybody's life has a deep design in it. And if you, you have to know where to say yes and how to keep going, even when it doesn't look possible. So mm-hmm. I love Neil. I love to work with him and hope to be doing some actual more books with him. Wow, that is yes, yeah. very true. That uh, about um, everybody, and we mentioned this last week on the show about um, everybody on the planet has yes. a a, a perp- uh, has a has a unique purpose that only yes. they can do. Everyone yes. on the planet. So everybody on the, some people, you know, some people say, "Oh, it's 
I don't, you know, they don't have high opinions of themselves. But everybody on the planet has a unique ability that only they can do. And when you listen to your soul, listen to your heart, it leads you to that, that purpose. Mm. Because we are divinely unique. We're uniquely divine. Um, (laughs) You can interchange those two words. But we we mentioned that yesterday. So, I mean, last week we mentioned that on the show about um, Mm -hmm. to to inspire people to, to, to search for that divinity, that, that uniqueness within. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's so true. Want, it's, yes, yes, absolutely yes. true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am just so, so, so honored <laughs> and so blessed. <laughs> Thank yes. you very much. I can say yeah. you, you are um, in my mom's generation. Actually, my mom um, would have been nine, would, well, she would have turned 90 in September if she I had see. lived in and she passed in 2011, which was a, a very difficult year to get through But um, for me. But a very one, I, I grew spiritually a lot that year because that was the year my mom passed away and also my son was diagnosed with his um, illness that eventually did take his life last year. So oh, those, what did your son have? What happened to your son? Um, he was, um, my son, at the age of 26 years old, in February of 2011, he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Oh, my. He was, yeah, he was very, very healthy as a child, as a youngster. He was, mm-hmm. I mean, active, running. He played football, high, high school football. He played football in high school, never sick a day in his life. At the age of 26, he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Um, his heart was very, very weak, um, and the doctors didn't know what caused this. Um, he was, but he was born with a hole in his heart that oh, never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the hole mm-hmm. never. Now, being born with a hole in your heart, I, I hear, is very common, and it mm-hmm. usually closes by the time the child is two. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, the hole did not close for my son. So at some point, his heart must have gotten infected um, and gotten weak. So I at 26, see. he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And then um, uh, he almost died in 2011 um, when he got pneumonia because his heart was so weak. But he, mm-hmm. he didn't pass. I actually experienced a, a miracle. Um, he didn't pass. And I tried to take my life <laughs> because I didn't think he was going to make it. But I experienced, I say I experienced a miracle on 34th Street because the hospital was located on 34th Street. Doctors told me he wasn't going to make it. Um, I went upstairs, took a bottle of sleeping pills because I said, oh. and I wrote this. I wrote this down. Oh my! I I, did, I wrote this down. I said, I am not going to bury my son. My son is going to bury me. So uh-huh. I wrote that, and and I took a bottle of sleeping pills. I was out for two days. Um, then they, uh, I woke up in the ICU unit, not the same ICU he was on, but an ICU unit. Once I came came woke up, they switched me to a regular room. I was on suicide watch. They let me see my son 
only about an hour a day. But the last time I had a supervised visit with him, I whispered in his ear. I said, Kyle, his name is Kyle, I said, Kyle, get better so we can both go home. That mm-hmm. night, that night, he pulled himself off of life support. He pulled mm-hmm. out the ventilator, he pulled out the feeding tube, and he was breathing fine on his own. And the doctors were amazed. It was a true miracle. And it was on mm-hmm. 34th Street. It was on 34th Street during Christmas time. So I, oh I, I experienced a true miracle on 34th Street. So I Mark brought him that. home. Yes, I brought him home that year. Um, mm-hmm. He got ill again um, April of last year. He needed a heart transplant. And he never did make it to um, having a heart transplant. And he passed mm-hmm. away on July 1st, um, yes. 2014. But part of my inspiration of doing this show, I also have the inspiration of starting a foundation in his honor, the Kyle Foundation. But the Kyle, oh. Kyle, Kyle doesn't just stand for his name. Keep your light expanding. That's I see. The, so the, the foundation, the Kyle Foundation, meaning keep your light expanding. That's so, beautiful. Uh, he was a big. He was a big um, part of my inspiration this year <laughs> to do what I'm doing. To um, just follow my spirit and and give and to the world as much as I can of myself. Well, and, you're clearly uh, a wonderful, a wonderful. Uh, evolutionary agent out there. <laughs> yes. So mm-hmm. he was a big part of it. So I truly, truly, truly uh, appreciate you um, being our, my honored guest. And I'm so thankful that you took your time out of your busy schedule to spend the t- an hour with us. And uh, it's the hour is winding down. <laughs> and I just, I'm honored. I, I really am. And I, I will hopefully um, meet you one day in person. I would love yeah. to. Yes, oh, well, too. thank you so very much. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot, and all the best to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And tell thank Kim. You. <laughs> tell Kim oh, I'll thank tell you Kim. For I'll me. tell her. Thank I will. I will. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Have you. a good night. Bye-bye. And enjoy your weekend. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye.